Good morning. Today is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. There is an arc begin from the beginning of Beratius until the end of Beratius, which we are nearing. There's a development. There's an opening and a closing. And the theme of that is the arc from chaos to resolution. And that arc, that thematic arc, takes place on a number of levels in a number of areas of life. And I'd like to share Sivan Rahav Meir's insight into one level of this arc of the book of Beratius, the first book of the Torah. And that is that starting from the beginning of Beratius up until last week's Torah portion, this week's portion of Vayigash, history has always had a winner and a loser. There were those who triumphed and those who lost. Cain and Hevel, Yitzchak and Yishmael, Yaakov and Esav. One wins, one loses. Beratius begins with strife between brothers, with the murder of one brother of another, and other kinds of strife, including the strife of brothers selling one brother into slavery, Yosef. But by the time we get to the end of Beratius, we find strife between brothers, which ends in reconciliation for the first time. We find by the end of the book of Beratius, we have arrived at a new place in human history where there is a new model for human relationships, where there is conflict. Yes, there is conflict. Conflict doesn't go away. But for the first time, there is conflict resolution. There is a way to sew back up that which has been torn apart, which we did not find at the beginning of Beratius. And for that reason, this theme and especially the end part of it in our Parsha, is so important for us to learn because it teaches all of us this most crucial lesson. We cannot avoid conflict, but we can resolve it. We can remedy it. And that's what Yosef shows us how to do. So, how does Yosef heal himself? He's been through this incredible trauma of having been sold by his brothers after they wanted to kill him, lied to their father about him, separated him from his family for over 20 years. He was falsely imprisoned. 
how does Yosef resolve the conflicts and traumas he has endured? So yes, in our Parsha we find he reveals himself to his brothers. Of course, they're very shocked. But he does reunite with his brothers. And in our Parsha, he reunites with his father, Yaakov. Okay, but how does he recover? Yosef himself, how does he recover from the trauma that had lasted over the previous 20 years? So there are two very powerful, very practical strategies that Yosef practices in our Parsha. These two strategies uh, complement each other and they boost each other's effectiveness. And both of them are available to us. They're available to us for the traumas and conflicts we undergo. And so I plan to share one today and the second tomorrow because these are tremendously practical, applicable to us, the lessons that we derive from Yosef. And the first that I want to share today is described by Rabbi Melech Biederman. Our parsha tells us that Yosef was finally we reunited with his father, Yaakov, when Yaakov comes down to Egypt. And finally, after all those years apart, after, Yose after Yaakov thinking his son had been dead all of these years, after Yosef thinking, as we talked about yesterday, thinking that his father didn't care about him or, or even worse, might have played some role in what happened to him. There is this reunion between Yosef and Yaakov and it's magnificent. It's dramatic. Yosef presents himself to his father. Vayera a love. And Yosef appears before his father, Yaakov. Vayipol al tzavarav. And he falls on his neck. Vayefk. And he cries. Al tzavarav ode. On his neck. He cries. And he cries again. And he cries some more. Dramatic reunion. Emotional. Vayomer Yisrael Yosef. And Yaakov says to Yosef the following words. Amusa hapam. Now I can die satisfied. Achare raosi es ponecha ki odchachai. Now that I have seen you Again, alive, I will go to my end as a satisfied, happy person. What a beautiful scene. What an emotional scene. But what is not in the scene? So, Rabbi Biederman tells the story of a young man who was having difficulty in life uh, spiritual difficulties, uh, emotional difficulties. And this young man went to the Ger Rebbe to ask for advice, to ask for guidance. 
And the Ger Rebbe shared the following insight into our Parsha as a way of providing advice to this young man. And it's advice that I need to take for myself. And I'm suggesting you may find some benefit in taking this advice for yourself as well. When, ya when Yaakov meets Yosef after 22 years, 22 years of mourning his death, of worrying, of not knowing, the Ramban says Yaakov never found out what happened to Yosef. How it was that he thought he would what had been killed, but it turns out that he's now second in command to Paro in Egypt. That whole story, Yaakov never knew what happened. And here's what I want you to notice. In that dramatic emotional reunion scene, what's missing? Yaakov does not ask Yosef, what happened? Where were you? And this is a tremendously important lesson that both Yaakov and Yosef are teaching us. They didn't dwell on the past. They let it go. Their only concern was from here on out, going forward. Whatever happened in the past is irrelevant. Because they both understood that they both needed to be a new person going forward, not who they were before. Now, of course, we should never say this to a person who is suffering trauma to say to a person, let it go, you know, forget about it, go forward. Of course, a person who is going through that has to work it through. And it's usually smart to work it through with a professional, with help, to be able to get to this point. And of course, to move forward, you have to be able to look back to a certain extent. You have to ask for forgiveness if you've done something wrong. You have to grant forgiveness if you have been wronged. You have, there is an expectation if someone has done something wrong that there will be teshuva, sincere repentance and changing of ways. And it is necessary to look back in order to be able to use those lessons for the future. So there are a number of caveats to this. But all that happened. The brothers apologized to Yosef for what they had done to him. And they did teshuva. They did sincere repentance. They became different, better people. And they demonstrated that at the beginning of our Parsha in the way that they protected Binyamin so differently than how they not only did not protect Yosef, 
but harmed him. But they had changed. Yosef could see that they were different. And once you've done that, once you have assured that the wrongdoing has been corrected, that it has been regretted, that there has been forgiveness asked for and sincerely granted, that the lessons of the past have been learned and will be taken into the future. Once all of that is done, then it's time to move forward. Then it's time not to bring it up again. Because at that point, it serves no helpful purpose. Now, to let go and to move on is one of the most difficult accomplishments in all of life. And it is one of the most helpful. Not to be mired and stuck in hate. Not to be stuck, imprisoned in guilt and shame and anger. Just think of that dramatic reunion. Not a single question asked. Yosef didn't tell Yaakov what happened because the brothers did sincere teshuva repentance and he forgave them sincerely. So telling Yaakov at that point served no constructive purpose. It would simply be Lashon Hara, speaking negatively about others for no constructive purpose. Yaakov didn't ask because it didn't matter to Yaakov. The only thing that mattered to Yaakov was to be able to move forward together with his whole family intact, which has been his goal since the beginning of his life. And in order to do that, Yaakov understands. He's got to let go. He's got to become a new person. Unencumbered by the pain and the hurt of the past. Because that's the only way he, Yaakov, will be free to enter into this new chapter of his life. That is what Yaakov and Yosef teach us. How to achieve resolution after crisis and trauma. That's the first strategy I want to share. To be able to take what is necessary from it, and then to let it go. It is very hard. Yes. It is very powerful. And it is transformative. But Yaakov and Yosef model for us how it is done. And that it can be done. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. I'd love to hear what you think. 
agree, disagree, impossible, not impossible. What do you think? Yes, Janet. Yes, Janet. It, it could be one of the most difficult things you'll ever do in your life. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes, Janet. So that, so you're asking a really excellent question. So I, I want to just say that that's in a separate category. Um, that's in a separate category. That's not what I'm discussing. And there, um, a person has the right to hold on to whatever there is until there is sincere repentance. There is such a thing as a kind of a superhuman level that great, great tzaddikim are able to realize. I'm not in that category, but, you know, individual great people might be able to come to a way to resolve it and leave it and let it go. But that's something that goes beyond what I'm discussing. I'm, I'm and, and, and I'm describing what actually happens in our Parsha. I'm using our Parsha as a, as a lesson that is extremely practical to us. And the lesson from our Parsha is when there is sincere repentance and there is a request for forgiveness and there is a granting of forgiveness. So, so uh, that, that's a, an even more difficult situation. Yes. So, so th that is an example of using our words to try to train our emotions. Um, but, but what you said is, is, is the, is the trick, the key. We have to try. So we try, the first step in trying is to say the words, but I think we should all realize it's a whole lot easier to say the words than to say the words and really, truly mean them. And um, um, I, I, I've shared in the past a couple of stories about very great people, or Moshe Feinstein comes to mind, you know, people who were able to do it and, and literally not have any residue of negative feeling toward that person whatsoever because, because they had forgiven them. Um, that, that's on the level of individuals. That, that's a very, very high, very, very high level. And so we try for it. We try for it every night. We don't give up. We reach for it, but it's, it's harder to reach. It's harder to, to achieve. Sure. Yes. But really, does it start off with perfection? It starts off with creating a perfect world and everything. Well, uh, uh, the, fir the first Pasek, the first So, so a God's initial creation is, is chaos. Uh, it is, it, it is perfectly what God wants it to be, but but it is the beginning of an ark. Remember, we've discussed this many times. God doesn't create the world finished, ready, you know, 
in in its in its final version. God creates the 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 draft version, so to speak, and then works on it along with us as we get as we approach. And by the time we get to end of Bracious, there are certain things that have been resolved that human beings have developed in a certain way that there is improvement. It is. It is. It is. I will just point out to you, I quoted that in the name of the Ramban, Nachmanides, the Ramban says that Rashi does disagree. So Rashi says that, that Yaakov did know and he dealt with it and however he dealt with it. So, so that's a dispute among the commentators, but I, I was quoting Ramban. So according to Ramban, you never know. And by the way, um, I, I am going to follow up on this idea on Thursday night in a certain way. So if you hold on to it for Thursday night, you'll see a, it's a kind of a complimentary aspect to it. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you all. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much.